Welcome to the Information Security Media Group CEO Interview Series. I'm Matthew Schwartz, Managing Editor for Information Security Media Group in Europe, and here to discuss encryption and data protection with me is Prakash Panjwani, President and Chief Executive Officer of data protection company SafeNet. Prakash, thanks very much for joining me. Thank you, Matthew. One of the questions I had to pose to you is, how has SafeNet changed since you joined? SafeNet, you know, when I joined, we were only about 100 employees and 20 million in revenues. And now as we approach 400 million revenues and 600 employees, a lot of things have changed. And mainly it's been about growth and how we assemble the team together and how we got here. But in many ways, I also think about the things that haven't changed. And one of the things I feel like we have managed to maintain throughout is being in a security business to always be current with what the needs are. 12 years ago when I joined, the hottest topic in security world was VPNs and firewalls. And today that seems like a distant memory in terms of where the market is and what the needs are of the market. And that leads into kind of what we do today. And if you think about as a company where we are, our simplest message to the market, which has been there true for a few years now, is it's all about breaches. And you just have to get used to the fact that there is no such thing as breach prevention. You just have to figure out how to secure the breach. And we have a three-step program, which very much aligns with the products we offer to help you do that, which is about making sure your sensitive data is encrypted. That's number one. Making sure that sensitive data is encrypted is managed well in terms of key management because core to any encryption system is how you manage the keys around it. And the third part is the access control. So having strong authentication in place to make sure that the sensitive data is accessible only to the people who need it. And that's a cornerstone of where we are today. And you know, if I compare that to many, many years ago, as I said about VPNs and firewalls, those things, while they're still in play for many companies, just having the perimeter security is just no longer enough. And what we promote, as I described now, is a very much a data-centric security approach. That seems like a great message. Encrypt sensitive data, manage your keys well, maintain good access controls. How would you say, as you go to market with this message, that is either received, understood, or acted on? Yes, I would say we started with this message about three years ago and actually sharpened our product focus along those three areas that I mentioned. And what's changed dramatically in those three years is that the market now just gets it. You know, I would say three years ago, we were talking about encryption and the need for it. And people understood it, but they didn't know whether they really had to do it or the other ways to get around it. And now it resonates very well. And I think it's driven by just the number of breaches that happen constantly. We just look at through Q3, almost half a billion records, probably even more than that, that were breached. So I think that message now resonates very well with the market and with our customers as well across all industries. Definitely through financial services being the one that's most impacted, but I would say even the other industries understand that very well now. You've talked about recently refining, focusing your product lines along these three crucial areas. Could we back up just a little bit? While you've been at SafeNet, you've helped lead the acquisition of, I believe, 12 different companies, and you've can you give us some insights into your thinking about some of the companies and the products that you've been adding to your portfolio and your overall buy versus build strategy? Absolutely. I would say the core tenet of the strategy over the last decade or so for us has been the fact that it has to be a combination of organic effort as well as acquisitions that we make, especially because the security market is so innovative to begin with. And that changes because of the market landscape and the threat landscape that changes around it. And what we have done is maintain one element for sure, which is the go-to-market where is our strength and that we have built organically over many, many years, which is 
a go-to-market strategy that includes direct approach to enterprises, but very well blended with channel partners and technology partners. Our ecosystem is very strong and they integrate with our solutions. So we maintain that strength. And then what we do on the technology side is we look for areas where we can innovate ourselves, but where we can't, sometimes it's faster to bring the technology in and then push it through our channel. A great example is our last acquisition was a company called CryptoCard, a very, very small company, barely into the revenue streams. They had authentication as a service. We could have done it organically, but we saw an opportunity to get them involved into our, from a technology perspective, but into our go-to-market. And we had very rapid success bringing them into our go-to-market. So it's really just about, in some cases, finding technologies that we think we can accelerate the adoption of by putting it through our go-to-market channels. Go-to-market would mean that it becomes part of your product set, kind of as is, or what exactly does that refer to? The go-to-market here refers to the combination of the technology partners that we integrate with, our direct sales channel, our direct sales force, as well as our channel partners. So we blend all those three things together in terms of how we actually bring products to market. It's one of the things in the security space is that the ultimate customer wants to deal with less companies. There's just no doubt about that. They want more and more of these technologies integrated and the security, they want it to be somewhat transparent to their end user. So part of it is, you know, how do you integrate with those applications they have? So what we do really well is make sure that we bring those security technologies in and integrate through that go-to-market strategy of having that combination of technology partners and channel partners who can bring it out. So in some cases, it's our own technology. As I said, it's things we have created over the years through our own innovations. But in some areas where we don't have the right technology set, we do look at M&A as a way of bringing that into our product set. You talked about authentication as a service. What are some of the other changes that you've seen along the way that have become must-have for a business such as yours in this particular part of the market? So we took a very, I would say, focused approach in the last few years of being extremely data-centric in our security approach. And that's not to say the other areas are not important. The perimeter is still important. It's just that we know that the hackers are much smarter than they ever were before. Just a firewall or a VPN isn't going to prevent them from getting to the data they're really looking for. So our focus was on you know, how do we create an approach to security that is more comprehensive and focus on the data that they're going after because there's so many other techniques that they use. So ultimately, you know, we got very laser focused on the three things I mentioned, which is encryption, access control, and then managing the encryption and the, and the keys around it. But the other areas that complement us are certainly, I would say, are things like threat intelligence. There are many companies in that space who are now understanding that just firewalls are not enough, but they need to figure out what the hackers and the people are going after. And that intelligence is being built up within the enterprise to say, okay, that's the information they're, they're going after. And that information now can be used actually to understand what sensitive data they need to encrypt. So we're complementary to some of the newer areas above and beyond just the traditional firewalls and VPNs that exist. One of the classic challenges with encryption has been knowing what to encrypt, what not to encrypt. I think some people would love to encrypt everything, but from a time and cost standpoint, I don't think that's ever really been feasible. Is this a question that your customers are grappling with? And you mentioned threat intelligence is potentially a way to help them better identify what it is they should be focusing on? Absolutely. I think there's two ways to get to that answer. By the way, first you answer the question, absolutely, our customers are grappling with, they understand the need for encryption, but they do struggle with what to encrypt. And encrypting everything is definitely not the right solution because many companies have petabytes of data and just wouldn't make sense to do so. So I think to us, it starts with a couple of things. One is where threat intelligence systems can help you is, do you have inside information on what people are going after, right? If there are specific pieces of information is that's constantly being attacked through different vectors and you are 
seeing that happen. Well, that's a clear indication that that's information you need to protect. But beyond that, there is a lot of regulations in place now that clearly define what is the bare minimum information you do need to protect. And that includes PII, personal identifiable information for your customers, for your employees. If you are a in the payment market in any part of the ecosystem as a retail merchant or as a bank, there's clear information that is defined by credit card associations to tell you what you need to encrypt. So depending on the segment, if you're in healthcare, for example, those regulations define you know, what you need to encrypt as well. So there is a lot in place today to help a customer identify what sensitivity that they really do need to protect that they're liable for one way or the other. So it starts with that. And then it's a question of, as I said, more creative enterprises, you know, start thinking about competitive inf- information they should also protect as well. But you really start with the first two, which is based on the attack vectors and what, based on the industry you are in, what the regulations are in terms of data privacy. Encryption has been a topic that's been quite discussed in the last year and a half, which is a bit of a change. After the NSA leaks, Edward Snowden, all of that came into the news. Has that altered either the discussion that you're having with customers or the strategic direction in which you've decided to take your company? So I think the number one thing that has changed for us are the breaches. So less about the Snowden effect, so to speak. I think the breaches definitely have just raised the bar on the need for encryption everywhere, right? Because ultimately that's what hurts companies bottom line and actually their credibility with their customers. But the Snowden effect, I think, was more to do with awareness around insider threats. I think that was definitely something our customers are more aware now. But I think more importantly than that, I think it's about encryption, not just for where the data is stored, but also data in motion, where people realize that there's a growing concern around, you know, many companies have huge data centers that they use as primary or backup. And when the information is transferred between those data centers, in the past, they just assume, given those are private links, those will not be tapped or they don't have to worry about encryption of the data. And that part, I think, is just higher awareness now that even within your own data centers and you're moving information around, you're better off encrypting all the sensitive data that's moving around, not just the data that's stored. So that is one effect that's definitely, I would say, the awareness is, is much higher. But by far, the breaches, I would say, are what I think has raised the awareness to a whole new level for a need for encryption. In terms of the company itself, Jamalto is acquiring SafeNet. Mm-hmm. How do you envision that changing the company, altering the course? You're absolutely correct, Jamalto is in the process of acquiring SafeNet. I think Jamalto's focus has very much been on what we call the edge of the network. It's about, they're the market leader in mobile solutions for telecom providers to have the SIM cards in the phones to provide more and more security from the end user into the network. They're also the leading provider of solutions in the banking space and provide card solutions that many of us use, or in Europe they definitely do, but more and more of us are using in US, the chip and pin solutions, for example. Where we come in is we come in from the other side, the core of the network, which is where the data sit. You know, we're very much focused on the data center. Now, how do you protect the information or the data that, that's sitting there? So the combination of the two companies truly you know, blends the security solutions from core to the edge of the network. And we think not only is it very complementary, but over time, you know, we can combine those technologies in a way that can make the enterprises understand both elements of the solution dealing with, which is how do you protect the data at the core, but also what the interaction is with the consumers of the data. So as you said before, customers are demanding they be able to work with fewer vendors and a greater range of technology. And so that deal obviously advances that vision. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it also we give, especially in the payment market, if you look at what's happening, you know, the ecosystem of payments is changing dramatically in terms of how the retail merchants behave, what the role of the banks are. There's so many different payment technologies now out there. And one of the things that they all need is end-to-end security. And we have been very good at providing security for even those systems at the core, especially the banks, our big users of our security solutions. 
for protecting that sensitive data. But Jamalto has quite a significant solutions at the edge of that payment solution as well. So that's a great example where I would say we're usually the first innovations of us providing end-to-end solutions that nobody else would be able to provide. Great. Well, you've charted how a lot of the financial services market is moving with respect to payments. Are there any other trends that you see your clients or potential clients, customers, dealing with over the next few years beyond the data breach problem, which obviously is a massive problem? Now, we coined this term about a year and a half ago called crypto management, the notion of managing the encryption. I think that will become a very big trend moving forward. We did a blog and I think BBC followed up calling 2014 the year of encryption, which I think it's definitely been in terms of the awareness that exists today. I think moving forward, it's going to be all about managing the encryption and the notion of crypto management will will definitely become centerpiece where you will see that more and more encryption gets embedded in the applications, but the customers and the enterprises, doesn't matter what segment they belong in, are going to be looking for techniques to manage the encryption centrally so that the security folks within the enterprise have a reliable way to track and audit all the security elements or the encryption elements that they need to protect the data. I think that'll be a big trend I would say in the next year or two as we move forward. And I think beyond that, I definitely believe that the notion of access control, where who has access to what information will change significantly because it's no longer about your employees just having access to data. In ecosystem, partners that have access to information is even getting more complex because no organization now works in a way that only the employees connecting to your network. So that complexity will become more challenging for enterprise managed, but I think the good news is there are solutions that exist there, but they will need to be deployed in a way that third parties can connect to your network seamlessly, but yet in a secure way that is auditable. So those are a couple of things that I see definitely coming in the future. I'm sure you could probably write a book on this, but in terms of facilitating that, that to me sounds like a services, something, 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 services market, something to do with the cloud. We would have looked at web services 10 years ago for accomplishing that. Is there a particular domain that you think will enable that and work across different vendors? That's a great question. So I do believe that this is just a personal belief. I'm sure the, the technologists and in the industry will have many things to say about it, but that it's less about the services like we used to know it. It's truly about using cloud as a platform to enable these things. Because if you step back in a cloud, a lot of people still think about just computing power being outsourced. But cloud is so much more powerful than that. And I think the future definition will be more about enablement for people to be able to do things more seamlessly. And if I look at our own authentication solution is adoption as a service accelerated because we reduced dramatically the time it takes enterprise to actually deploy a solution you know, from months to days. And I think that's what people will require. And I think what you'll find is combination of web services and API levels where systems can connect with each other more quickly. The applications can you know, connect to each other more quickly or rapidly, but also in a way that IT folks can deploy faster. So I think that'll be the way these things can deploy it because investing a lot of dollars in just professional services to get these solutions up and running like it used to be just would not be scalable in the future. So what is your biggest challenge as a CEO? To me, it's always about taking the market trends and investing in growth for the company. It's our number one out to task as a CEO to keep that driving because if you see a market opportunity, you want to make sure you go capture it. But then balancing that with our investors, rebalance the profit and growth targets for the company as well, as well as keeping in mind that ultimately our customers is who we care most about and creating the right infrastructure so that they can actually use the services we have. So the investment behind the customer is as important, not just behind the technology that we bring to them. So just finding the right balance between those things 
probably is always the number one challenge, but it's also what keeps it fun. So you need to keep abreast of technology trends, invest in those trends early enough in order to bring them to market soon enough without overextending yourself. Exactly. And especially as we keep growing, it's finding the right balance for the, our investors as well, who have been very good to us to make sure we keep investing behind the growth, but also finding the right balance between growth and profitability of the company, which is obviously very important to them as well. And have you been a private firm and will you be going public with Jamalto? That's correct. We were public before. We went private about seven years ago. And once this transaction closes, we'd be part of the Jamalto. Obviously, they're public, but we would be a division of Jamalto essentially. Prakash, thanks very much for taking the time to speak with us. Thank you very much for having me here, Matthew. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Matthew Schwartz. Thank you for joining us.